Hey, Boker Tov. Today's daf is daf Nun Gimel, 53 in Erevin, as we began the fifth parak yesterday. Kate said Ma'abrin. We said, how do we extend the city? And we showed the diagrams yesterday. If the city doesn't end on an even line, if there's no wall there and some, uh, some houses are recessed and some project out. So <clears throat> how do you do that? So we said that you basically take the outer perimeter as long as the outer perimeter is within 70 amos of the rest of the city, and you make a square around that. The diagram showed a square city, in fact. It doesn't have to be square. The city could be any dimensions, but you make, a, you make it uh, even lines around the whole city, and from there you go 2,000 amos in each direction. And as we said, you not only do 2,000 amos, but the 2,000 amos uh, uh, also extend um, in a square form, meaning you have more than, you have the entire uh, hypotenuse, not just a circle, but it's a whole square whose sides are 2,000 amos. So you actually have a, uh, the hypotenuse, that the hypotenuse you're going in a much lower, you can go a little bit further than 2,000 amos. It's whatever the, uh, it's the, uh, whatever that comes out to be, you know, a squared plus b squared, the square root of a squared plus b squared. So it's more like, um, uh, you know, you don't have just 2,000 amos in that direction, but you have closer to 3,000 amos if you go the diagonal from the point of the city going out in the square outside. In other words, you get 2,000 amos if you go directly, but if you go in a direction where, uh, you, like in, in the diagram that we saw yesterday, if you go in a direction where the circle would take you 2,000 amos, you could actually go further because you're going, uh, you, you extend to the whole hypotenuse. So, the Gemara said yesterday, the Mishnah said, how do we extend the city? Now, the Lushan of Ma'aber is a strange Lushan. What does that mean? So he said it depends on what's, what's on the outside of the city, if there's towers or houses or uh, even ruins, um, and you, you make that, you make this, you square it off, and you make the squares around the whole city. Again, the dimensions of the city itself, the city may not be a perfect square. It could be a rectangle, it could be round in some areas, but you square it off, and then you extend the 2,000 amas. So the mission, the Marcel, like is Rabbi Shmuel, Chatani Ma'abrin, some had the Lashon of Ma'abrin with an ayin, which means like Ibur, like to be pregnant. In other words, the city extends out, it's sort of a little pregnant. How do you, how do you extend it out? The Chatani Ma'abrin, a Lashon of limbs. If it's got loose limbs, like you add limbs to it uh, because, you know, it's got ins and out, and you have to add a lim- limbs onto it to make it, uh, to make it complete. So, mandatani ma'abrin, aver, aver, like each limb, you're adding on limbs to it. Rashi says, shemosifin lo evarim, shemyesh aver, shiotsim in the ear, bekerem nechaz elsewhere. And as if there's one little piece that sticks out like a limb, so you make that limb extend it around the whole area. So, it's, so it's, as, if it's a, as if it's a straight line, not just one little limb sticking out, as if the whole thing is sticking out. Umandatani ma'abrin, ke'ishubra, like a woman who's pregnant. So again, we have this lotion, and some, some have a lotion with an ayin, some with an olive, and that's how you'd interpret it. The idea is the same. How do you extend the city? Once we're talking about Lashonos, the Gemara brings down other cases where there's uh, a little different ways to understand it. Ma'ara Samachpelu, we all know the, the famous uh, cave, Ma'ara Samachpelu in Hebron. Ravish Mocharam Mishnei Batam Zelim how is it constructed? One says that it's one house within the other. The Charam Abayas Valiyah, no, it's a double house. It's a house and an upstairs to it. So, uh, if you say one on top of the other, that's why it's doubled. You have one, one floor, and then you have another floor. It's two floors. Like Rashi has a little diagram in there, one inside the other. So you have an inside house, and you have an inside one, and an outside one. Why is that double? Like one is sort of contained in the other one. 
So it's not like a double, it's like one is inside the other one. My machpelis is shekfula bazugas because it has doubles of, uh, it has, it has uh, multiple or double uh, uh, pairs of, of uh, you know, um, um, couples who were buried there, as we, as we know, as we'll see, right? So, shekfula bezugos, because it's doubled over with Lashem. Doesn't, it's not the construction of it, it just means that it's doubled up and that there are multiple uh, couples buried there. Mamre Kiris Arba. Mamre was the name, but it's called the city of four. Amar Yitzchak Kiris Arba, Waiha Arba Zugos, the four uh, couples who were buried there. Ottoman Chava, Avram Basar, Yitzchak Farifka, Yafkovay, as we all know, the eight people who were buried there. So that, again, we're looking at Lashonos. First, we're talking about the Gemara. What is, is it with an Aleph, with an Ayin, in our Mishnah? Then we also go to the Torah when it says Mach What does that mean? Does it mean one on top of the other? Or if it means if it's one within the other, then it's not doubled. It's one inside the other. It's not doubled. So it means the double in, 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 uh, it has another meaning to it because it has multiple uh, couples there. Shekfula bazuga. Sometimes it's multiple couples, more than more than one. And then same thing with Kiryas Arba. Vahibi Mam Rafal. What is what is the lashon of Mamrafel? Rav Shmuel His name was Nimrod. Amrafel was really Nimrod. Amr Shmuel. Why is he called Amrafel? Shamar Vahipal Avram Avinu B'Tolkavish because he decreed that Avram should be tossed into the burning furnace. So that's why Omar he said Shamar Vahipal. He he said it. He decreed. That he should be thrown in. That's why he's called Amrafo. The Chadomar Amrafo Shmo wants to know his real name is Amrafo. Why is he called Nimrod? Shehimet is called Kulo Olav Machusa because in his kingdom, because he 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 caused everybody to rebel against God. Uh, so she kibbokom Kulo Olav Machusa. In his Machus, he 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 caused everybody to rebel, and that's why he's called Nimrod. He's a, re- a rebellious person. I don't know why, but there are people who name their children in Israel Nimrod. <laughs> I don't know why that is. Anyway, uh, bad. Famous thing that I all learned. Shmos, a new king rose up in Mitzrayim. Asher lo yada es Yosef. Right. Ravish mocharam mocharish mamash. One said he's a new king. Mocharam shnes chashim kizayosef. He had new decrees. Same old king. Mandar mocharish mamash dechsev chadish. There's a new king. Mandar shnes chadshu kizayosef. Be, why does it say that he was the same king, but his decrees became new? In other words, he, he now turned against the Jews. It doesn't say that the other king died and there was a new king in his place. So it must be that it just means that he was the same king, but he changed his attitude. What do you mean? If, if, it's, if he's the same old king, that he would have known Yosef. What does it mean? Yosef. He acted as if he didn't know Yosef at all. In other words, uh, as it happens very often throughout our Jewish history, that the kings are nice to us for a while, and then they turn against us. So that happens. I grew up, and others, now we're going to deal a lot with these different, different ideas of Lashonos, as we saw regarding a little bit of a tangent. So Rabbi Yochanan said that I, I spent 18 days in, in Rav Oshia, Baribi's yeshiva. Baribi is a lotion of like the chosh of a rabbi. I only learned one thing, Mishnah Seinu, Ketzer Rabban. So this is brought down because he's referring to our Mishnah, right? Uh, I only learned one thing, Ketzer Rabban, Esarim Aleph. He learned Mabra not like we have it printed in our Gemara, but rather with an Aleph as if it's an Aver. How do we extend the limbs? And as if one limb is sticking out, how do we even that out? So that's how, that's the only thing I learned from him in 18 days. Amy, is that the case that he only learned one thing? Bamar Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan also said 
that this Rav Oshibribi had eight, had 12 students. And I spent 18 days there. And I, and I learned how, uh, how sharp each one was, how they were intellectually smart. And how they were learned as well. They, were, they had acquired a lot of wisdom. I, I, and as I, I got to know these 12 students very well. Uh, so, call, uh, so, so the point was he spent so much time learning with them, and you're saying the only thing he learned all that time from Roshi Baribi was that the Mishnahs, our Mishnah reads with an olive instead of an ayin. So, Ephraim? Yes. Ephraim, isn't yeah. it possible that he's saying the only thing I learned in that 18 days about this one Mishnah? Yeah, that's one of the answers. More, right, good. That's a good point. That's what, that's what the Gemara is going to answer. That's one of the answers Gemara is going to give. So the first answer the Gemara gives is, is um, is um, uh, so In other words, uh, he 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 taka learned each one of those students. He saw how smart they were and how much wisdom that they had. But gemara gemara But he hadn't learned any gemara. In other words, he didn't really learn any any uh, any deep. Uh, he didn't go into any deep studies with them. He just saw. He spent some time there, and he saw how smart they all were, and uh, he he understood these students very well. But he didn't learn very much. And that was the only thing he learned was this Aleph. That's that's one answer. Okay, which is the same thing that he says that that's that's really what you're saying in a way. But the Gemara is going to say that more specifically. One of the, one of the other answers. Yes, he did learn, but Gemara or Ibai Sema. So one thing is, yeah, he talking didn't learn anything else. He just learned that Aleph, but he understood, he knew the students fairly. Could very well be, means he learned a lot from the students. Not that he'd spent uh, 18 days there with these students, and he didn't learn anything. He learned a lot from the students, but he didn't learn anything from Rav Oshibribi other than the Aleph. This is what he meant to say. He did learn many things from Rav Oshia. I think, Rick, that's what you were saying. He did learn many things from Rav Oshia, but in our Mishnah, he only learned this one thing, that instead of an ayin, it's an Aleph. When we learn Rav Oshia, even though we learned that uh, a person needs uh, four Amos to... You know, to sit down and to stand and to put and to rest his head, uh, but they were so involved in learning and they and so and so devoted that four each four four students uh, fit into one ama. They squeezed to, they squeezed up to learn from Ravoshia. Even more, some say that this refers to how many mesechtas that they you know that there was to, to learn how many starm they learned. So that's the idea of four and six, but the point was this is like almost a miraculous doing that they were able to uh, squeeze so many people into one uh, learning session. I'm Rabbi Yochanan, Bribi in his door, this is Rabbi Yochanan said, I only learned the one thing from him, or maybe maybe with regard to this Mishnah, I only learned one thing, which is what Rick said, which makes, that's like the last answer. In this Mishnah, he only learned one thing, but he learned many things from him, and this is sort of Amplified by this, because Rabbi Yochanan says Rav Oshia in his door was Rav Oshia was one of the later Amaram uh, uh, Tanam rather. He was in his generation like Rav Meir was in Rav Meir's generation. Nobody could understand him. He was so deep that people couldn't even understand his reasoning. He argued with many people, but people couldn't understand what was in his mind. They couldn't understand him. He was so deep. If you look at it this way, again, this is all Rabbi Yochanan speaking, the minds of the Rishonim, in other words, their deep, their, their deep understanding, how smart they were, Kepisko Shalom is like the opening of the Ulam of the base Migdash, which was 20 Amos wide, the Shalach Ronim, the later ones, doesn't mean Achronim, 
you know, in our Lashon, Rishon Melchon, it means the later rabbis, the later Tanam, were Kepischo Shalhecho, were like the opening Hecho, Tenam, it's not as big, but, but also very good. But Anu, we, Kamole Nekev Machat Sitkis, we are like the, uh, uh, we are like the eye of a very fine needle, Sitkis, a needle that sews, uh, cracks together in the clothing. Um, we are like nothing. In other words, they are like, uh, the first ones were like a 20 amma wide door, and the later ones were like 10 ammas wide, and we are like a little eye of a needle. Rishonim, who are the Rishonim who were speaking to Rabbi Kiva? Those were the earlier Tanam. Achronim, Rabbi Lazar ben Shmuel, later Tanam. Again, I mean, some say Rishonim, Rabbi Lazar ben Shmuel, that the earlier ones referred to is also later, in, uh, chronologically, but he means he's referring to Rabbi Lazar ben earlier, as opposed to Ravoshi Bribi, who was later. Achron was Ravoshi Bribi. So you see, Rabbi Kiva, Rameir were from the earlier Tanam. Lazar ben was later on. Ravoshi was even later. And we are like the eye of a needle. Om Rabbi of Anan. And Abai says, and now us. That was Rabbi Yochan speaking. Abai was even later. And we, to understand the Gemara, we're like a peg knocking a peg into a wall. If you have a solid wall, knocking in a peg is very difficult. In other words, <coughs> for us, we are not, not open at all. It's very hard for us to understand anything. Amarava. Amarava. <coughs> and Rava said, said also, Abai and Rava were contemporaries. Anan we are like a finger against hard wax for lesfara, for logical arguments, for trying to understand things. In other words, Abayah said, with regard to Gemara, learning the traditions, all the Gemaras, all the halachas, we are like a peg in a wall very hard. And Rabbah says, even in, in the understanding, in the arguments, the, log- the logic, we are also like a finger against hard wax. It can dent it a little bit, but doesn't pr- it doesn't go in. But forgetting, we're very easy. We're like putting your finger into an empty pit. That goes in very easily. We forget very easily. Now he goes into the difference between the, the people from Yehuda versus the people of the Galileans. The Galileans were considered not as sophisticated, not as sharp, not as learned. They were very particular and diligent in the way they spoke. They spoke Lashon Tzachos, like pure, clean, clean language. Uh, they, uh, their studies, they were successful with their studies. Their Torah was Mekoyim, they, 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 were, they were able to uh, maintain their learning. B'nai Galil, Shalot Biroshan, they weren't careful with their language. So they weren't a successful learning. Says the Gemara, Midi Bikpei, what does that have to do with how particular with your language? Uh, particular with language, like you speak nicely, you speak uh, not in a disgusting way, um, uh, but what does that have to do with learning? I mean, you could be uh, very well learned and still not speak too nicely. So, uh, uh, so what does that mean? Uh, they are very diligent in their in their in the language in their learning. The daikulashan doesn't mean that they are um, uh, again that they're mock bit of white the way they speak and the fashion that they speak, but they're very careful with their words to understand what's going on. They're very diligent with their words. So when they learn Torah, Rashi explains, they made simonim, either mnemonics, or they punctuated it. In other words, they were very careful. They took very careful notes, like a good boy in the yeshiva. So they were successful. They weren't careful with the language. Not, not, not that they didn't speak nicely, but that they weren't diligent in, in recording what they learned. They didn't put simonim down. Here Rashi says, if you take a Rashi, the Daika Lishna in the uh, third of the uh, wide lines, 
the Chazer Baruch Hashem Shai Yisham Mirabim. They they reviewed exactly the lashon that they learned from Rebbe. By Day Shai Yisham and Al Pishmua Achar Shmua Hayinosim Simen made Simens. They were very careful. They recorded it. They wrote it down. They put Simonim. There's Uachazum Mitokach Shem Edakim Lashon Yodum Laniach Simonim Noam Deim Mishtakim. They were able to make proper notes and notate it so that they could learn properly and they and they didn't forget what they learned. Bnei Yehuda Gamru Michad Rabba. Bnei Yehuda learned from one Rebbe. Neskamit to us and Biyadam. Then as it's Rashi explains that Bnei Galil to Logamit Michad Rabba. They didn't learn from one. Even though it was the same Torah, but they learned from different Rabbanim and it was given over to them in different Lashonos. Even though they said the same Torah, but it was confusing, so they didn't learn as well. In other words, they weren't as careful in their language, and they learned from multiple rabbeim. Ravina Omer Bnei Yehuda, the Golam Masechta in the Skamit Ras and Biadam. Bnei Yehuda, who Golam Masechta, has two interpretations. One in Rashi is that they uh, they exposed their learning to others, to the public. Or another lashon is is not that they exposed uh, their, their to others, but they themselves explained it very well. until they really understood it. So it means galu means that they revealed it. it. Doesn't mean they revealed it or exposed it to others, or they were careful and, and uh, studied studied it very deeply until uh, they understood it very well. So in this coming to Ras they were successful. They go to logo and We see this a similar thing now. The reverse first to in Tanakh. That David Goli Masechta, David revealed the learning to everybody. but he did not. David the Goli Yeruni. Those that fear you, God will will see me be and they'll be happy because I've taught them Torah. In other words, I taught them proper Torah. Shol the Goli Masechta. didn't teach people the Torah, right? Rashi explains in the second line from the bottom. Uh, my hands are full of dam and others. He had all kinds of shilas, dam par, vidam, beshvir, vishilya, questions about birth, tuma and tara. He learned from Mephibosheth, his rebbe. So, uh, David, who spent time teaching the public, uh, he was successful. Shol to logo, he said, what is it? says, Asher Yifkin, wherever he turned, I'll call Asher wherever he turned, Yashia, he acted wrongly. Shol made many mistakes. Once we talk about Shol, how do you know that Hashem, Hashem, uh, uh, forgave him for the sin of killing uh, uh, the Kohanim in Nov. Shinemar Machar Ato When uh, when um, Shaul consulted uh, Shmuel after he was dead, but he consulted him through uh, through uh, magic, black through through uh, you know witchcraft. Um, so it says Machar Tomorrow you and your son Imi. What does it mean? You will be with me. Imi b'mechitzasi. As if Hashem said. You'll be in my partition. In other words, you'll get a share in Olam Abba. Amr Baba. Go back to um, our question over here. We said that the Bnei Yehuda are very medayik. This is brought down. Maybe that's why this whole thing Bnei Yehuda is brought down. Bnei Yehuda and Golu, because we were talking about what's the Lashon in our mission. Is it with an ayin or with an aleph? So <coughs> Rav Baba uh, said, if there's anybody here at the Mishnah who can ask the people of Yehuda, the Daikalish, that they are very diligent and careful with the Lashon, Ask them, as we just said, that they are very careful, so maybe they know. Is it Lushan with an Aleph or with an Ayim? There's a question if, a, uh, if an animal uh, has a mum, can't be used for a carbon. Let's say it only has one testicle, also can't be used as a carbon, that's considered a mum. But sometimes it's got two sacks and, only, and they only see one uh, beitza, only one testicle is visible. So the Gemara over there says what you do is, you put the animal down on its rump and you examine it. 
So in this way, you can examine testicles. So when it says over there, achuzo, or you put it on its behind, on its rear, achuzo times with an aleph or achuzo times with an ayim. So yadi, see if they know, and the yadi, they would know, and shalinu, so they asked them, and they said, even, Rabbi, even the Bnei Yehuda, who were careful, said, it depends. Some learn one way, some learn another way, right? That's how it is. Some learn one way, some learn another way. Uh, the same thing. Some learn it with an al, some with an I'm the same meaning. But Ehuda, my. Now we say that these uh, the Bnei Yehuda were very careful with their language. What's an example? He told people, I've got a I've got a garment to sell. What uh, what color is your talus? Amrli told him, like beets on the ground. In other words, he was very specific in the way he said, I've got it, uh, uh, this is the color and this is the fabric, etc. He was very careful. They were very medactic in what they said. What's an example of the Galileans who weren't careful what they what they said? The uh, the Tanan or the Tanya that or the, takes that whole thing out, the Hubaglil, there was a Galilean. That because of Amalud, he said to them, Amar Laman, Amar Laman, who has Amar? Now, what is Amar? Amar can mean to him, Amalei, you foolish Galilean. What do you mean by Amar? Is it like Hamar and Aleph and Ches are also interchangeable? Hamar Lamirkov, are you asking who has a donkey to ride on? Or Hamar Lamishte, or wine to sell, one of those two? Or Amar Lamilbesh, or maybe you mean wool to wear? O Imar Liskasa, or a lamb to Shecht. In other words, when you said it, in the way you said it, Amar, you weren't clear. Uh, it says, Amar Laman, Amar. What does Amar mean? Is it, is it Chamar? Do you mean, are you talking about a donkey? And we, we said Chamra, we know even in the Gemara, right? Chamra can mean donkey, it can mean wine. As we always said, Svensach vi, the Chamra Shtai. Where is the Chamra? If it's in the wine cellar, it's wine. If it's in the barn, it's a donkey, right? So the same thing here, he wasn't clear in what he said. Hey, yes, so there was a woman Again, like a Galilean woman giving examples that they weren't careful in their language. They spoke unclearly. So she wanted to say, come, I'm going to give you some fat. You know, come up. She said, uh, what she said was that uh, a lion will eat you up. What's, the, what's that? Lashon Rashi says over here that um, you're, you're, a lion's going to eat you up. He says, Shluchti was the Chofa. He wrote to him, she wanted to say, Shluchti, my friend. And she said, Shluchti, Tuchlach Lavi. Like, like a, a uh, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be eaten up by a lion. So again, instead of Shluchti means she meant my friend. But she said, Shluchti. And Shluchti was, Vaomeris Nami, she mixes up the words. She, first of all, she, she wasn't clear what she said. She wanted to say, come and eat, come and have some fat. Uh, but she couldn't split the words up correctly, and uh, she put two words together. So she said, "My friend, you know, uh, a a uh, a an animal's gonna, a lion's gonna eat you up, like shluchti tochlach, like one word." He also another story with a woman that also coming to Dinah came before a judge. Amalei, she wanted to say. My Lord, you know, my, my, my master, Lord, my master. And she said, Mari Kiri, my master's slave. Because instead of said it with a kuf, she said it with a chaf, and it came out differently. Even though we pronounce a kuf and a, and a, kuf, uh, a kuf pretty much the same, but the way she said it wasn't clear, or at least it wasn't clear to the, to the, to the, to the uh, judge. And she said, my master's slave, toughless Havili, I had a board. 
Okay, it gets like tavla. She meant to say tavla, and she said tafla. Uh, tavla, she had a board, and Ratzalam had tavla, and it came out a tafla, which is a log, uh, obviously. Begonvuch min. And, and she wanted to say it was stolen. Somebody stole it. Like, you know, can you go find it? She says, begonvuch min, and they stole, but she said, they stole you from me. Begonvuch, they stole you. Vekad havis shadrule iluya lamati karachara. And if they would hang you on the board, you know, you wouldn't, your feet wouldn't reach the ground. Again, she meant to say it in a nicer way that, you know, it wasn't as tall as you, that if you would, it would be hanging from you, it would hit the ground, just to be hanging down from you. But she said it in a terribly disrespectful way, and even what she said didn't make any sense. She said, they stole you from me. Why? Be, they stole you. So again, the kado also means, the kado means like, and now. But she's the kado that if they hung you from it, you wouldn't reach the ground. But that's not what she meant to say. And she wanted to say, and she, but she said now, and she said, you know, you were hanging for that, which is not nice. She wanted to say if it hung from you, but she said, if you were hanging from that, it's not a nice thing to say you were hanging. So again, they weren't clear in what they said, and uh, not, they didn't pronounce the words correctly, and they couldn't speak properly. They they messed up the uh, the you know the I's and the O's and the U's. She mixed that up too, so that the words all came out mixed up. Debay Rebbe, Amos of Debay Rebbe, the um, in Rebbe's house, right? So here and now we're talking about. We just explained how the Bnei Hud are very careful. The Bnei Gol are not, and they're not clear in their language at all. And they would tell you now that the, the that now we're going to talk about wise people that Amasa de Rebbe, even the maidservant Rebbe's house, when she wanted to speak in a uh, like sort of like a highfalutin manner, like she spoke in in a smart way, she would like give like poetic uh, or or uh, uh, she would give um, examples, metaphors. She would say Amra, Amra, um, this is what she say. when she was feeding the boys in the yeshiva. And there was no wine left. She would say, "Alas, the ladle nakva bakad has is is uh, banging against the pitcher, the the barrel. Meaning, there's no wine left. When I stick the ladle in, it's just banging against the uh, the barrel." Yadun uh, nishraya So let the uh, let the eagles fly to their nest. In other words, time for the boys to leave. There's no food left. The wine's all gone. But Kavi boy the list when she wanted them to stay, there was more. Havi Amshri would say. Yadi Basakhaverta, let's open uh Mina. Let's open up another barrel. Rashi says, um uh um let's open up another bung, let's open up another opening uh the, you know, opening the uh uh the faucet of another barrel and, and we'll we'll pour more. Yadi Basakhaverta. In other words, Let's open the barrel of the of the neighboring of the neighboring uh, neighboring barrel. We can open up another one. The tatfi alat bekad and the ladle will uh, will float in the new barrel. Keilfa de azlabiyama, like a boat in the ocean. In other words, since the other one's full, this barrel's gone. But we'll open up another barrel, and then the ladle will float in there. Won't be knocking against the barrel. Rabbi Barasim, when he spoke in a Again, this Lashen uh, Chochmah, Rashi says he didn't want other people to understand. You know, we're going to speak in a way, like a hidden way, in a, uh, in a smart way that people, other people won't understand. Omar, Asuli Shor Mishpat. Make for me, B'Mishpat, make for me an ox in judgment. What does that mean? Betur Miskain, 
in a mountain, in a poor mountain. What does that mean? So he would say, Rashi explains, it means like this, Shor Mishpat, he wanted to say beets, because beets are tardin, which is like Tordain, right? Tordain, which is this, Shor, and Mishpat is Din, Tordin. So Tardin is Tordin. So you can, if you look at the word Tardin, you say it's Tordin, that's a Shor, in a Din, in a judgment. So he said, make for me a Shor and a judgment, which he meant to say is really, is a hidden way of saying uh, beets, Betor Miskein and a poor mountain. What's a poor mountain? So a poor mountain, Tor Miskein, Rashi says, is Har Dal, which is like Har Dal. Har Dal is mustard. So he really meant to say, I'd like some beets in mustard. So he said it in that. The waitress knew what he wanted. Uh, Yeah, she was smart. She was smart too. She probably had said, probably heard him before, you know, but he didn't want other people to know what he was talking about. When he would ask about how is this uh, hotel keeper, how is this innkeeper, is he, you know, is he good or not? He didn't want to say it openly. So he said, Gever pum dein chai. Ush bezichna is like, you can break it up into ish, peh, with a mouth, ze, this one. Ush uh, bezichna, no is raw, right? So he said, uh, the, the man with the, uh, with the raw mouth, the pomden with this raw, man with this raw mouth, mazu tova, yesh. How good is he? Like, you know, how good is this? This man with the raw mouth, how good is he? We really meant to say, ush but he didn't want to say it openly, maybe Lashon Hara. Okay. Rabavu, kavi mishtoi b'lashon chachma, when he would speak in this hidden, smart language, have a hachi, it's like a hidden way, isrigu lepachman, make the uh, coals, Make them like like esrogs, like burning hot, like a like a, a burning, like a glowing esrog, very uh, yellow reddish. Uh, make them glowing. Arkeulazavan and flatten out the gold, the, the these uh, gold golden uh, embers, like glowing coals. Flatten them out. Vasuli balta and make for me two people who tell in the darkness. That's like roosters who crow in the middle of the night or as morning comes. For them, some say the meant to say is is you know burn, make the coals ready, get the coals real hot, and roast for me two roosters. That's maybe what he was saying. Also, again, he would say it in a in a Russian way. He would call the roosters the ones who tell talk in the middle of the night. Tell us where's Revaloy. We can't find him. Where's Revaloy hidden? Tell us where he is. Again, this is a little. Uh, they speak in a strange Russian. Strange way they said to him, he was uh, he was delight he was delighted with a, a young woman, Aharonis, like from the tribe of Aram, like a Kohen. Aharonis, his last one, Iranus, who was very sharp and keen, Veniraso, and she kept him awake. Now, what does that mean? Amala So Rashi explains. Some say he was referring to his second wife. He had a new wife. She was a bus going because his first wife had died. And he was uh, busy with his new wife. He was on his honeymoon. She was very uh, ironic. She was very sharp and, and uh, charming. Uh, and she kept him up and he wasn't able to sleep. And now he fell asleep. That's one Lashon. Another Lashon is, is that, no, that it's not Isha. It's referring to Torah. Rashi says, Aronis, he was learning Kachim. He was learning Zvachim, Chulen, Menachos. He was learning Avodas Aaron, Aronis. Simon, and now he started to kept him up. He was deep in that and it kept him awake. And now he's tired from his learning, and that's why uh, he's not around right now. 
uh, again, that lushan of uh, where, what happened to him, his, he was uh, delighted in, in a Nara Aronis, it can mean a woman, it can mean a second wife, or it can mean he was learning. Amrila, uh, Amrila they told Nara Veloy, who was hidden for it, where is Rabavu hidden? Amrila, he took counsel with the Machter, the one who crowned rabbis, that means Rabbi Yudha Nasi. He, he, was, uh, he, he gave smich to the people. He took advice from him, the, the hin gave lymphiboshis, and he went south to the rabbis, to the chachmei dorom, the ones who learns in the south, and they call him mephiboshis, mephiboshis we saw before was David's uh, rebbe, is uh, a lashon of mephiboshis, a great rebbe, he went, he took advice from this, uh, from the uh, person who gives smicha, and he went down south to learn with, the, with, the, with these great rabbis. Nobody ever beat me in an argument, in a debate, except for one uh, woman. Uh, what happened was, it happened once, a woman beat me, and a uh, a small child and a small little girl beat me. What was the story? Ishamai, what was the story? I was at a uh, at an inn, uh, and uh, the woman, the uh, the hostess, she made me beans. The first day I ate up the beans, didn't leave anything. She the second day, I left nothing over. I completed the whole meal. I didn't leave anything over. The on the third day, she oversalted them. Once I taste a little bit, I stopped eating. I couldn't eat; it was too salty. Rebbe, Why aren't you eating? You know this typical thing. What's wrong with the food? Why aren't you eating? I ate before. I ate before daybreak. I already ate. So why did you wash? If you ate already, why did you sit down to eat? She caught him, right? Rebbe said. said. She said to me. Rebbe, maybe, in other words, maybe you're trying to make up for, uh, for a mistake that you made before. Meaning, Rashi says, in other words, maybe what you did is, the reason you're not eating now is because you're leaving some over for the waiter, because the proper thing is to do is to leave over a little portion from your plate for the waiter. And you didn't leave over anything yesterday and the day before yesterday. So maybe that's what you're doing now. You're leaving the thing over for the waiter because you're making up for making a mistake. The first two days. Didn't the say, in other words, she, this woman, this innkeeper, was teaching Rabbi Shur ben Hanani something. The waiter, when he takes the food out of the stew pot, he takes it all out. But on the plate, when, they, when you take from the plate on the table, you should leave something over for the waiter. That's the proper thing to do. So here you didn't leave anything over. You completed everything on the plate. You didn't leave anything over for the waiter. I don't know if it was a common plate or an individual plate, but you didn't leave everything over. So maybe you're making up for that. So he had no answer. I guess he was stuck either way, either telling her, embarrassing or telling how salty it was or why he didn't leave anything over the first couple of days. So anyway, so, she, so he says she beat me there. Tino, because what's the story? I was once on the road. And the road went through a field. When I was walking through the field, a young girl said to me, Rebbe, isn't this a private field? What are you doing here? You can see that it's a trodden path. Everybody walks this way. She said to me, It's robbers like you, people like you who've made this a trodden path. In other words, it was really a private area. And people like you use it indiscriminately and without respect for the owners. So she beat him in that argument. Tinok, my was the story. Tinok, was once on the road. Very easy, Tinok. And I saw a young child, Yoshev al was standing by a fork in the road. But Martilo, Martilo, 
which way which way do I go, right or left? Leir, uh, I want to get to the city. Amrli said, listen, Zuk Tsar Barucha, this road is short, but it's long. The zoo and the other road is Arucha Tsar is long, but it's short. So I think I'll take the short one. He said, this was short, but long. So I figured a short one. When I got to the city, I saw that the city was surrounded with gardens and orchards. I couldn't get in. I went back to the kid. You said, this is short. Didn't I tell you it's short, but it's long at the end? In other words, it's a shortcut, but it's going to give you problems. Sometimes better take the long road and it'll be short at the end. The Shakti Al Piv, I kissed him, uh, I kissed him on his head, Martilo, Ashrechem Israel, happy are you Jewish people, Shakuchem Chachamdom, you're all great uh, wise people. Migdochem Atam from the from the older till the to the younger. In other words, uh, they're all smart. All these people are smart, and they taught him a lesson that you can learn Chachma from anybody. Yosek Lili Avikasabor was once on the road. Ashka Lebruri, he found Bruri, the famous uh, Rameyer's wife, Bruria, was a famous Tamir uh, Chachamah in her own right. She was a wise and uh, learned woman. Amrle said, right, Which way to go to Lud? What, did, uh, what was the old one with, um, <laughs> with uh, um, Yogi Bear? What did he say? When, I come to a, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. You know, that's, uh, that's how we right? So he says, he says, which way to Lud? He asked Bruria, which way to Lud? Amrle, Galili Shota, because he said, what did he tell her? On which way shall we go to Lud? He spoke to her in a, first of all, it wasn't very proper to speak to a woman, like we'll go, like we'll go together. And, and he used four words. In which way we will go, we will walk to Lud. She said, you foolish Galilean. Don't talk too much with a woman. Right? Uh, you should have said, Which way to Lud? Without saying, Derech, and without saying, Nelech. Which way to Lud? That's all you have to say. They shouldn't have said any more than that. The Gemara says elsewhere, remember, You shouldn't speak too much with a woman. And the Gemara says over there, With his own wife. Or certainly with somebody else's wife. You're not supposed to even talk a lot with your own wife. So, she found a student, a young Talmudic student, he was learning quietly, you know, he just learned it like mumbling to himself. She admonished him, doesn't the Pasuk say, in Shmuel it says, if it's properly ordered, then it will be guarded, it will be secure. In other words, if you say it, then what does that mean? If the Torah is ordered properly in all your limbs, you study it carefully and you hear it, then it's guarded, it'll be secure. If not, it won't be secure. In other words, it's important to learn out loud. Many times when you say something out loud, you can remember it better, right? It's like many times you have to remember something, say it out loud several times, it'll stay in your head. All right, we'll continue with this discussion tomorrow about the Lashonos and more uh, Agatha before Friday. Uh, no, tomorrow's Friday. Before Shabbos is up. Tomorrow's Friday, right? Shabbos is up. We get really back into Erevin. I right, have a good day, everybody. Be well. Thank you very much, okay. Ephraim. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank Bye-bye. you so Bye-bye. much, Ephraim. Bye-bye. Thank you.